Be More You is presented by Pius XI Catholic High School. Hello and welcome back to Be More You. This is Jonathan Davidson, and today's bell work is about the future. Now, I'm not talking about, like, what does the future have in store or talking about futuristic technologies or what it looks like 200 years from now. I'm talking about the future, meaning next fall, this upcoming fall, the next school year, because this is going to be the last podcast of this season. Our school year is coming to an end. Those of you that have been with us all this time, I really appreciate it. I hope you guys are excited to keep an eye out for the next season of Be More You. And really, the reason I bring this up is because things are changing around here, and I say that in a very good way. We are going to start a broadcasting class. So because of this year and all the challenges that have come our way, we have uh, live streaming that we've been doing from band and orchestra concerts, choir concerts, dance shows. We did a play. We were able to stream the play to things like our Ash Wednesday Mass or um, uh, the graduation that we're about to put on. And so we've been doing a lot of live streaming, so much so that we're turning it into a class. And of course, we've been doing this podcast and uh, this is going to be part of that broadcasting class. So you're going to still hear from me, but you're really going to start to hear more from the students. You're going to hear from the students of the broadcasting class, yes, but you're also going to hear from more students from around the school. And it's going to become a really nice experience to, to gain that, that intention we had at the very beginning of this, which is to hear what it's like inside of a school. And to this point, it's mostly been... Adults. It's been staff. It's been uh, teachers, board members. You know the dean. But now we're going to start to pivot, and we're going to hear a lot more from the students. And in my opinion, I, I think that that could be possibly more fascinating <laughs> than even hearing from the teachers. I think this year, as we all know, we've been living through this pandemic, and I feel like we see light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and that's where the fall comes into play is that's our next school year. And what does the next school year look like? I feel like we are, are getting to that point where we heard from the adults trying to make this year work. And I'm excited now to continue hearing from students when we feel like we're getting back to a little bit more of that quote unquote normal. It's going to be a really, really fascinating season in our podcast next season because some of it is going to be the students learning how to do this. It's going to be learning how to run the equipment, how to properly speak into a microphone, how to control volume levels, how to edit audio, all the things that go into producing not just a podcast, but our live streams, among other things, video editing, graphics, all of this in one course, broadcasting. And it's really exciting for me. I will say this has been entirely just an extra thing for me this year. I've just been doing the podcast entirely on my own. I've been spending my available time kind of editing the episodes and recording the audio. And it's just been a purely extra thing. And it will be really great for me too because I can guide the students and f help them find their voice and the way in which they can contribute. And all the while, it's part of a class. It's something that's part of their education and not just some thing that we happen to put out. 
So it's really, it's really exciting. There's a lot on the horizon. Uh, and we're going to get started with that whole student involvement right away with this episode. Because uh, instead of hearing from a teacher or another adult, we're going to hear from a student. And the student is one who spent most of the school year learning virtually. Now, here at Pius, we have had students in the building the entire year, but we've gone through a few different phases. The very beginning of the year, we were in this weird kind of hybrid model where we actually split the students up, up by alphabet. So if you were, I think it was A through K, it might have been A through L, I don't know. Uh, you were Mondays and Wednesdays. And if you were uh, L through Z, then you were Tuesdays and Thursdays. And we only ran our schedule in half time. So we have eight periods, essentially. It's a little bit more complex than that, but we have eight periods. And we would run periods one through four with A through L or A through K on Monday, and then we would run one through four again with M through Z or L through Z. And then we would do that, that was Tuesday, and then we would do it again Wednesday with five through eight, A through K, and then five through eight again. So essentially, you'd see your in-person students one day a week, and you'd have everyone else on the computer, whether they were the other side of the alphabet or fully virtual students. So that was a, it sounds more complex than it is, but it's really easy to follow actually, but it was definitely kind of a weird hybrid. We need to be super safe. We need to have less than a quarter of the people in the building uh, at any given time as a way to make sure we stayed safe. By second semester, we changed things up and we got rid of the whole alphabet split concept. So we would be able to see the in-person students twice a week. You know, you'd still see periods one through four on Monday and Wednesday, and then you'd see periods five through eight on Tuesday and Thursday. So you'd see them twice, and then the fully virtual students would still be on the computer. I don't know what the future is going to hold. We don't know what the city is going to do. We don't know what the rules are, how, what the rules are going to be. But our hope is that next year we are fully in person. But I can tell you that the virtual students across this country have struggled to motivate themselves when there's too much opportunity for distraction. You know, when you're doing all of your high school education on your computer, you've got the ability to open up a new tab and go distract yourself. So that's why we wanted a student to come in and listen and talk to us this episode because it was a student who was virtual most of the year. And then as soon as vaccines came around and students were able to get them of a certain age, then she came back to the school. And she's been here in person since. And it's been a fascinating thing to hear, just to, to learn the difficulties and weird successes that come from being a virtual student but also that, that direct comparison, the true apples to apples of virtual to then in-person. So the student we have joining us for today on this podcast, Miss Julia Armstrong. 
Hi, I'm here with Julia Armstrong, who is a student here at Pius, and we're so excited to have Julia on because you have spent most of this school year as a virtual student. Yes. Yeah. So we, you're back in person now, mm-hmm. and we really get to get the perspective of what it has been like this year from virtual learning, but also now in-person learning and just knowing maybe what some of the struggles have been, what some of the interesting weird successes may have been and so on. So just start by kind of sharing what the first part of this school year was like for you. It was a lot of just balancing work with, you know, being at home and figuring out how to manage my time while, you know, not getting distracted. Cause I feel like when you're at home, there's so much more distracting you. So it was basically just this big learning process of how do I make this work like a normal school day and obviously it's not normal there was nothing normal about it I wasn't seeing my friends I was waking up an hour earlier which I do miss now but (laughs) um yeah I mean it was it was just kind of figuring out what I was going to do day to day for the rest of the year for you know I thought I was going to be online for the rest of the year but I mean yeah yeah so you talked about the different distractions um I think we can all kind of figure out what those are. I mean, it's more, you could do anything on a computer, you could go watch TV, you know, go to the kitchen to get your lunch instead of, you know, having to bring your lunch. Was there anything you found was kind of your default distraction? Like, oh, this is going to be the thing that takes me away from school on the regular basis. Um, I think there are like three things. Okay. One is my dog who was let into my room. My mom stays home all day too. So she would periodically come up and open my door and let my dog in during class. I was like on Zoom one time and the (laughs) dog jumped up onto my bed behind me and everyone was looking at me and even when they were in class, that was, that's a big one. Um, And then obviously my phone, Um, like most teenagers, I am a big TikTok user so that was a, it was easy to just like look at my phone open it up and start scrolling for the majority of my class which I try not to do but sometimes it's just you can't help it yeah and you know those apps all of them they're all they're, they're all kind of designed to keep you scrolling you know yes. keep you moving the the I forget if this was the Twitter founder it was something about when they were confused about why 140 characters was the thing the whole point he is that because it was short and quick and to the point, people wanted them more mm. as opposed to committing to, say, a, a short article on the news. And TikTok, I feel, kind of has a similar purpose to grasp the people. It's like, let's just be something nice and quick so that I feel like I'm not wasting time. I'm just going through a few. And then four hours later, you are, you've gone through 200 of them yep, or something. That's exactly it. <laughs> yep. So the... The distractions, obviously, I think that makes a lot of sense. In terms of the school work itself, did you find it easier, harder, just kind of, I have an assignment, and if that assignment was given to me when I was sitting in the room with the teacher versus my situation now, do you feel like that assignment would have been easier for you to accomplish? Did you have to go more out of your way to try and complete these assignments better? I definitely did. Um, A lot of that was because it was so easy to get distracted. So at the end of the day, when I was done with my Zooms, it was kind of just like, I'm done. I don't have to commute back. I don't have to commute from school back to my house. I don't have to go see anybody or talk to my teachers. I can just go downstairs, get food, do whatever I want now. And so it definitely took some 
convincing myself that, you know, getting this done now is going to be better in the long run. And it, it got to the point where I have like an app on my phone that doesn't let me go to other apps and it like sets an alarm or something. And I had to set that for like two hours just to get my assignments done. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I know those apps exist, but I also never really trusted that a teenager would ever bother turning it on. <laughs> you know? yep. um, so good for you on that one. That's great. Um, I know uh, you're very involved in the theater program here. We've had you in the plays. Um, I know how close-knit, being the theater teacher, a lot of the theater students can feel. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the social world like for you during this time because you weren't seeing everybody at school on the regular basis? It was very lonely to start. (laughs) Um, It was mostly FaceTime, house party, just being on the phone with people for sometimes like four hours at a time. Yeah, Um, I didn't see people for a span of like five months at one point. I saw someone in the summer and then didn't see them until like November or December. Um, But as things started to get better and as I was talking to more and more people just because I had the time to, I was able to go out and do things. Like I drove around with a friend for like three hours a couple weeks ago and we just kept doing that and we do it like every week. And now we're both back in person. We were both online before and it was just nice to get away from the house occasionally. Yeah. That's so creative because I think about how much – you have to almost seek out that extra piece. You know, everybody's been living through the pandemic. We all certainly have the stories of the people we didn't get to see. But I think there's a huge difference between, you know, my parents, for example, who I might see them every once in a while or not, but versus a high school student that the parents isn't the question because they're going to see them every day at home. So much of the important part of being in high school in general is being around your friends and socializing and how much of a piece that becomes. So to create something like this where we're just going to get in the car and drive, you know, it's such a it's such a good idea. Well, assuming you drive safely. <laughs> um, you know. Always. Oh, yes. Good. Always. <laughs> right. Sure. Um, so now that you've come back into the building. And you've been back for about, what, two weeks, three weeks? This is, my, this is actually just my first week back. Oh, just the first week back. Yep. Okay. Yep. So over this one week then, uh, what has been the most blatant just, man, I'm so glad I'm back for this reason? What has that one thing been? Being able to focus. Yeah. Being in a classroom and having extra time at the end of a class and being able to get my assignments done is so great. <laughs> I cannot stress that enough because I looked at my agenda today and I was like, I have nothing else to do today. I have nothing to do over the weekend. And, you know, on a normal online week, that wouldn't be the case. Yeah. I would have a whole list of things on my schedule to do. So being able to have structure and being able to balance my time even if it's, you know, five minutes at the end of class where I'm doing some history assignment, it just feels so nice to have that motivation. Yeah. So we're going to switch gears a little bit because we're going to talk a little bit more about you, like just outside of pandemic and virtual school and in person and all that. And we're just going to talk more about you. So 
I know that because I'm the theater teacher, if I ask you what your favorite subject in school is, you're kind of forced into an answer. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a pass and say don't answer theater, but say um, what is kind of Julia Armstrong's favorite thing to be doing in Pius in terms of education? Um, I'm a big history person and I'm a big English person. Yeah. So I really enjoy, I'm taking AP US history this year and I'm really enjoying it because it's just everything. (laughs) Um, and I'm a big English person. I've always been a writer. So being able to do that just on a day to day is really cool. Yeah. I, uh, I'm curious what you do. I mean, you talked about TikTok and on your phone and stuff like that, but like, w- what is something you do in your spare time? You know, it's, it's a Saturday at 10 o'clock. It's a little too early to go hang out with the friends. I don't know. Maybe it's not, I, but a little it's too never early. too early to yeah. drive anywhere. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe it's just, you know, okay, you're still kind of getting up. It's a Saturday. You don't have schoolwork, nothing like that. It's like, I've got some time. I want to go do this, whatever that may be. Um, I read a lot which is something I know a lot of kids my age don't do that much anymore. <laughs> so um, I read a lot. I took up painting a couple years ago. So if I have any extra time, I'm sitting hunched over at my painting table. <laughs> um, like I said, I write not as much anymore, but I still try to. Um, I'll go outside and play with my dog at any point. Yeah, Literally, you, if it's snow. pouring rain, I yeah. will go out there. It's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> my dog doesn't like to play outside. Oh, no. my, my dog will go outside to do her business and then she'll come back. My but, dog, you can't get him away from, like, he will lay down in the grass and, you know, refuse come to come in the house. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, if I, you know, if we're going to leave and go take a walk, she'll want to come with us. Of course. Fine. But if we're, like, just outside, she will want to come out to see what we're doing. She's curious. And then as soon as she realized that we were just outside, she says, goes right back to the door. And was like, you can let me back in now. I- I'm good. She has her priorities straight. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you like to read. Um, what's, your, what's your favorite book? My favorite book is called The Ring and the Crown by Melissa Taylor Cruz. Oh, yeah? And what, is, what draws you to that book? It's a lot different from things that I normally read. It's about a bunch of different royal families and their struggles. It's fictional. Um, (laughs) Must preface that with what's (laughs) currently in the current events. Yes, absolutely. Um, And it's just, it's so interesting. I read it in like three days during the school year. I just plowed through it because it's just so fascinating to see how each of the characters in the book connects because I think it's like three or four families. And it's so interesting to see how different they are and see how you know, their priorities are different based on how much money they have or Mm -hmm. how well-known they are, things like that. It's just, it's so interesting to me. So this is a fiction book. Yes. Uh, Is it based in reality, though? Like, is it something that we could have today? Or is there any sort of, I don't know, stereotypical young adult, you know, magic and mysticism and fill in the blank with 5,000 other things um, that fit into it? It's actually not like a fantasy fiction. Sure. Um, it's, I mean, I think it can be considered sort of like a historical fiction because, you know, some of it takes place in London, some of it takes place in New York. It's, it's pretty, I mean, realistic if it was like the 17 or 1800s. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I used to be an English teacher. I did that for two years, eighth grade. And I went to the, what we called the media center, which is the library. And here in the school, we call it the LC. 
and I brought my classes down, and I found that most of the books in that particular school's media center were the same books you would have expected to have been there 30 years earlier. You know, mm-hmm. a few new ones, but even the new ones fell into that same framework of, oh, yeah, well, of course they're going to have that one and that one. So I started going to bookstores, used bookstores, whatever, and buying up kind of my own little personal YA library. Mm-hmm. And I put it in my classroom and let's just say they didn't treat the books very well. So I, I actually put in like barcodes and got a scanner and made my own little wow. you know, it database system. I still have all those books. Really? So I'm always so curious to, to what eighth grade through high school are reading because even though I'm not an English teacher and haven't been now for seven or eight years, um, I had to think about that one. <laughs> uh, I, I'm still always, I, I ha, it was so ingrained in my being doing that. I would go to these bookstores and just peruse the aisles looking for what people were interested in. Mm-hmm. Where now I almost can't break out of that, even though it's been seven or eight years. I'll go to a bookstore, and my default is to go right to the YA sections and what are they reading and so on. So I was, I was really curious about that. So I have a question now that I'm going to ask you that is pretty straightforward. Um, why, why did you pick Pius? You know, what, what brought you to Pius High School? That is a very interesting story, actually. Um, I started getting involved um, at Pius in fourth or fifth grade. Um, They used to have a program called the Performing Arts Academy, which um, sent teachers for band and orchestra all over the city to schools whose music programs weren't that great. So I became involved in that. I played the violin for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got to come to Pius and sit on the PAC stage and play in concerts every year, two to three. And... As soon as I stepped foot on that stage, I was like, this is where I want to (laughs) be. This is where I want to go. And I just remember in eighth grade, I applied for an orchestra scholarship and I got it. And I got to sit um, at the production of Les Miserables. And as I walked through the door, the ushers were greeting me and they knew my name. And I got to go backstage and meet everyone. And I met one of my tax sisters. And it just, it felt so comfortable and it felt exactly where I fit which is something that I hadn't really experienced so I just I knew that this was the place I wanted to be yeah that's nice I didn't know that story Uh, and it's so interesting to really think about how each person's journey to here is so different you know for you you had the performing arts academies and I, I think about how much that impacts not just students that end up coming here but how it could impact the students that don't come here, but they still get that experience to work with bands and orchestra, mm-hmm. like you said, with schools that maybe don't have a vibrant program. I wonder if, I wonder if there is a, what's the word I'm looking for? I wonder if there is a hook that, from a student's perspective, that Pius might be missing. Like, like Pius right now as it is, is is a wonderful school with wonderful people. I mean, here I'm talking to you right now, and I, th- I think anyone listening would go, yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful person. Uh, <laughs> she's turning red, just so you know. <laughs> she is turning red. 
Um, I, I, I'm curious from a student's perspective. Do you, is there something that you think like, you know what, Pius actually could really hook a lot more people if? Um, that is an interesting question. I think based on my experience here and based on, you know, Pius used to come to my school, based on their talks there, I think focusing on how much students accomplish here because I know most high schools when they go to grade schools it's the whole spiel about you know this is what we're about these are our academics these are some fun things that we do but other than that it's you don't really focus on the things that students here have done like I I'm not an artsy person that much but the people that I know who, you know, sit, spend all day on the art floor, they're so unbelievably talented. <laughs> and one of my friends got a gold key. And I think if I had known that, I would have been like, this is so cool. It gives me so many more opportunities because I didn't get to do a lot of art in grade school and I would have been able to sit up on the art floor. And I think focusing on, you know, the arts as much as academics because, you know, there are kids who are, itching to do theater, but they don't know how good Pius's theater program is, maybe. That's just stuff like that. You know, how much our students have accomplished doing artsy things while balancing academics and, you know, making sure that that's possible. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like that idea. Um, and just really, you know, putting out our output, if you will, being front and center mm-hmm. in student achievement. Um, and... I was actually in a meeting yesterday that was talking about the alumni that we have at, coming out of this school and all the things that they have achieved and really harnessing that and being like, hey, if the, if the students got the chance to see what this pious alum has done, their eyes could light up in the same way that when you did the academy as a fourth grader, you're looking at the high schoolers as, oh my gosh, the high schoolers look to the alumni and the professionals. Right. You know, uh, we have an incredible alumni core out of this school. I mean, it's it, it's amazing how you almost can't pick something without finding a pious alum in somehow related. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's an interesting thought, and thank you for sharing that. So I'll kind of close with this. Uh, you. I believe you're a junior, correct? Yes. So you still have senior year coming. Mm -hmm. And as you bid adieu to the seniors that are about to graduate, I've kind of been closing with this question, no matter who's sitting in front of me. Mm -hmm. What's the one thing you hope that those seniors take away? And in a weird way, I'm kind of asking this question for like you next year. What's the one thing you hope the seniors take away when they're when they graduate and they've walked out these doors? Um, two things came to mind. One is the individuality that I think everybody kind of develops here. You become your own person and you do whatever you want to do and you have outlets for that. And the second thing is this like this is a family. You meet your second family here. <laughs> and I will say that years to come. And I hope that, you know, people realize how important that is. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming in and talking with me. This has been very informative. (laughs) Uh, And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and a wonderful weekend. You too. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. The Pius XI Pope's Fund supports the programs and opportunities that benefit all students. 
If you would like to contribute to the Pope's Fund, visit www.piusxi.org slash donate. That's www.piusxi.org slash donate.